You're listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Novell. With the help of successful individuals across industries, Dirk breaks down the unknown parts of every vocation while highlighting the importance of finding a career where you can leverage your natural skills, passions, and interests. Now here's your host, Dirk Novell. Everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is Dirk Novell, and on with me today is Debbie Potts. Debbie, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm a little jealous. Debbie's down in San Diego, but she has a little Seattle weather going on. So uh, maybe she feels at home on this podcast. So yeah. a little story with Debbie. You know, I, I got to know Debbie through my mom, actually. Debbie was um, involved with training, a lot of different health stuff at a club that I was affiliated with. My mom loved Debbie. And then, you know, I just started watching Debbie from afar. And she does a lot of stuff. Like, she's very credible and she's very interesting in a good way because like she's not just a personal trainer she's really into the health she's a podcaster she's an author so she's done a lot of really cool stuff so i'm super excited to have her on i'm gonna let her in her own words kind of articulate what it is she she does so debbie why don't you uh, give us the one two three what do i do now <laughs> yeah let's My start there job yeah i i call this is the new me as you mentioned i i moved to north san diego right after the pandemic. So the summer of 2020, we changed your life. And so I kind of started reinventing myself right before that started. But the new me, I focus on as a, I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, FDN practitioner, nutritional therapy practitioner. And as you said, personal trainer is my background and coach, triathlon coach and uh, running coach. And so now I focus on helping people that are similar to my old me, <laughs> driven, ambitious, high-performing athletes, or any high-charging individual, I help them figure out what's going on. They're struggling, doing all the right things, but just can't figure out what's wrong. And I help investigate what's actually going on by collecting clues and putting the missing pieces of the puzzle together to help them get their body and vibrant self back again. So there's a lot of people out there, they're just trying to do all the right things, but they're just like, okay, this is not working. What's up? That's interesting. So just so I understand, are you dealing with, let's say these elite athletes that are, everything's going fine. They're, they're cruising along, winning, winning events. You're dealing with the people who are like, huh, there's something wrong or there's something not working. Is that accurate? Yes. Well, it's not elite athlete, just anyone. I, I was, you know, I had to narrow it down because I was just wanted to help anyone with chronic stress issues. So long story short, my background owning a fitness studio for 10 years, I got adrenal exhaustion in 2013. And I had to start changing from being a competitive athlete, doing Ironmans and marathons and 50K trail runs and running my own business broke me down and burned my body systems out. And so I'm I'm kind of on a mission to help people avoid going through what I went through. So I was focusing on anyone that feels crappy and can't get results, but now I'm focusing, I've narrowed it down, my avatar client, like who I was, and that's the person I, I tracked as a client. So it's anyone that's just a type A driven, ambitious individual, they might exercise a lot, they might compete in endurance sports events, but that's kind of the clientele I get through. Mostly my podcast is called the low carb athlete, but it's endurance athletes to be fit and healthy from the inside out. So when you're talking, like I'm listening and you have these designations, I don't know if I'm saying it right, acronyms of things you've learned. And I look at your history and I know that 
you know, you, you become licensed. I don't even know how to say it in a different specialty or an expertise. I guess my part of me is wondering, like, as you've gotten through life and you've gotten more credible and experienced, are you finding that like some of these, I don't even understand. And for the audience that's listening, who's interested in personal training or health or whatever, they may not know what these designations are. So is this just a, a result of like understanding that the overall health is much deeper than just eating healthy and working? I mean, you, you've gone very deep and I'm, I guess, where does that come from? Just experience? Yeah. So I always find my answer would be personal training clients as I did with your mom and other people for years and watching people not get anywhere except for your mom's like super mom, super aging, doesn't age at all. But just people that just were not tr losing weight there. I was training them twice a week and realized, okay, I'm not helping them. You know, then I started to, over years, fast forward 10 years ago, I put together the holistic method, which is eight elements to help someone get results. It's health related longevity, the aging process, but also performance, fat loss. But the eight elements of what I call the holistic method is nutrition and exercise, sleep, stress management, movement, mobility, digestion, gut health, hydration, mineral balancing, and happiness, gratitude, play, laughter, because we get so serious. And so all these eight elements tied together, I found that really were what I needed to integrate to help a client reach their goals, to help them transform, to be the person that they wanted to be and what they're striving to do rather than, oh, let's see you twice a week. And then I don't know what you're doing the rest of the time, the way you're eating, but it's not just what you're eating, but how, when, why, where, and then if you're not sleeping, you know, that ruins everything. So there's, I started to really want to be able to coach the whole individual, the whole athlete of any level from the inside out and becoming a nutritional therapy practitioner. We really work on signs and symptoms of dysfunction, creating balanced homeostasis in the body. But then I still wanted to learn more. I want to be able to do functional lab testing that could identify these hidden sources of internal stressors that are chronically impacting everything you do and you don't know about them unless you test. So that's why I had to continue my education because I'm always curious of the why. Why is this happening? Why does this person not feel good? And why does this happen, this symptom? And so that's why I'm just always learning and doing another certification every year probably that I am just curious. I want to learn and I want to help people. And so I had to get more tools in my toolbox to help people get yeah. results. And, and if you're listening to Debbie right now, I mean, this is stuff that like, if you weren't into what you were doing or wasn't in your DNA or your heart or whatever, this would probably be a struggle. This would be like a, you talk about a race. Life is not a race. It's a journey. I think you quoted that or whatever. And, and That's like a book. A book, sorry. And I, I always think like, you know, life is exhausting if you're running a race you don't want to win, yeah. right? And that's what I sometimes have felt in my career. But if you're listening, I mean, you can feel the enthusiasm and the genuineness of Debbie. Um, I'm curious, where does that come from? I know that you were, you were an athlete, you did hardcore stuff uh, and then got burned out. But if we rewind the clock a little bit before that, like, were you always a go-getter, like in high school, college, athlete? I mean, were you, because I have friends like you that just take it to a level and I feel lazy as hell, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I, and I tell my, I have one, I'm sorry, I'm going to shut up, but I have one good friend who's just in great shape. And I don't like to wear my, take my shirt off around him in the summer because he just, I don't look so good. And my son one time said, dad, when are you going to look like Nubel? 
<laughs> and I and I said, um, I just haven't hit rock bottom yet, son, uh, but I'll get there someday. But <laughs> where does this come from? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. I think in high school, I went to Newport in Bellevue, and I think, you know, just never... I was into sports and got into going to the Bellevue Club as a high schooler, going to aerobics class and getting into fitness back then. And I would always want to organize events. So I started getting into that. I think putting things together and, and hosting things started at a young age. And then in college, you start with business because that's what you're supposed to do. It's like, I don't really like accounting class and business law. And I was horrible at it. So I didn't know it was a an option to go study exercise science. So I was already kind of in love with exercise and nutrition. I looked at nutrition degree and like, oh, I don't like chemistry and physics. So I kind of started creating my own degree, looking at exercise science and recreation was a degree, but it was more, I went to work on cruise ships and combine travel and fitness and work at Club Med, which was a bad idea, never happened. But, you know, kind <laughs> of just going through that process, I wanted to be in exercise and I wanted to be in health. So I, I got into that early on high school, college, but just always the exercise part of it. I started getting into more athletic events. I think when it's 25 years old and always found like just how good it felt when I was done and how you just, Oh, I want to do another one and kind of get sucked into doing races. And I was just a, more natural at doing endurance events versus short all out sprint stuff. I'm not too great at. So you kind of find what your strengths are and get into that side of the world. So then I was just kind of combining it together. And when I, I opened my own fitness studio up thinking I wanted to have this vision, I wanted to have this all-in-one studio and people wanted to do circuit training and personal training and yoga and Pilates and put it all into one place instead of going to all these multiple locations. So I did that in 2010 and ran, well, 2009, I just thought it was this great idea. And then 10, 10 years later, I closed it, but just kind of always following my goal, I guess, but yeah, I didn't realize I did, but I guess I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you kind of just, I mean, this is what I really like behind the, her curtains. If you're paying attention, like this is what I want younger adults. So if you're watching this, it's like, that's what I want you to do is pay attention to that light. You know, when you light up or that's something where you are really present, like where maybe it's, five hours and it feels like 30 minutes. So what Debbie's done naturally is she's just really carved a career around her interests and her passions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a, a very uh, successful way to live your life and a healthy way to live your life. And by the way, when you're talking, you have all these, again, you've all these skill sets and these different interests that not everybody, like some people are personal trainers, some people are nutritionists. My wife is very involved with nutrition. Is there one of these elements of the eight or whatever that you feel more close to, or that's more in your heart, or is it an equal distribution? I, I don't know. It, maybe equal. I find it's just what happened to me with my health. It just sleep was huge. You know, stress. I try to explain when I do speak at seminars. I have one next month talking about how chronic stress impacts the whole you. So it's really helping people when they're trying to do exercise, they're trying to eat right. They hear about fasting, they hear about keto carnivore and all these different food plans. But to me, it's always like, okay, what's your external stress? Like, how are you sleeping? What are you doing throughout the day? How do you like your job as you're focusing on? Like, are you following your purpose? Do you have a purpose? What's your passion? What's your why? 
because all that impacts all efforts to work out 30 minutes a day is not going to do much if you are chronically stressed, racing through the day, breaking yourself down. And that's what I did owning my fitness studio. I was up at 3.30 in the morning. I was at the gym because I had clients coming at 5 a.m. And, and then I was training for Ironmans at the same time, training clients all day. I'd fit my workout in. Then you still have to run the business part of it. And it was just constant. So two years after I opened my studio, I started to have probably signs that I didn't pay attention to that I was burning the candle at both ends and chronically stressed out, always worrying about everything. And that wasn't the outcome I was looking for. But when you start to do too much of everything, you're going to cause a balance. So I answer your question, I think the stress part, but I kind of, I was laughed that I know a little bit about a lot. And so every client's a new case. It's new stuff to everyone is different and unique. So it's not like, oh, I've, you know, same thing over and over again. I'm always learning and growing from every client's experience because I'm researching and working on their optimal day and looking at their schedule and their stressors and their functional lab tests to really create this personalized coaching program for them. So, you know, it's all of it, but I think probably identifying the external sources of chronic stress and hidden internal source of chronic stress is where it look at starting. Do you feel um, like my wife, when she was a nutritionist, she's, she felt like she was bumping up against the wall of Western medicine and a lot of, uh, you know, like people were really good for a few months and then compliant, they weren't compliant after they just kind of fell back into their ways. Yeah. Just what's your take on, like, I'm curious how long typically a client stays with you. Like, is it a, is it a two year? Is it a forever? Is it a six month? And then just as far as like, how do you deal with the whole other side of the fence with all these strong opinions that you disagree with? I mean, there must be a lot of that when you're trying, especially with health, uh, help people. Yeah, that is a constant battle. So when I'm coaching people, my new business pretty much started 2020 doing health investigation packages there say four, six months. And then I do VIP packages that let's do your exercise, let's do your nutrition. Those are six months to 12 months long. And then ideally people meet monthly, but a lot of times my clientele are very motivated and driven, ambitious athletes. I'm, you know, looking at those people that attract me and they are so <laughs> on it that it's almost like, okay, slow down a bit <laughs> that yeah. they're almost too into it. And so they stick with everything. And then they're at Hey, don't need me anymore. <laughs> so that's a good and bad thing. People motivated. You don't have these people that take forever to be accountable. They're overly accountable. Yeah. You've so, got yeah. a niche. I mean, that's a thing that I'm just paying attention to. Like you have a motivated niche, like they, they need you. They want you more than you want them maybe. <laughs> and they, they, and so that's kind of nice. Cause I'm just thinking if you're looking and listening to Debbie and you're thinking about carving out a career where you're helping people, you know, finding a niche is great um so you know i i recently i'm part of a coaching group in my industry and we have speakers so we've had a guy like jesse itzler uh chad wright i don't know if you know them but they're That's heavy really. uh chad's that guy with the red beard he's a navy seal <laughs> but he does the uh, he, he won the um it was an he keeps winning the endurance race he, he's crazy but i i've watched and i've gotten to know some of these guys and i listen to them and i'm just curious while I've got you is what's the, what's the common denominator? Like what's driving these people that do these crazy, not crazy, bad, but 
crazy challenging um, races and events. Like I, I'm a motivated guy. I'm not a, you know, a lazy guy eating bonbons, staying up, eating ice cream, watching movies. Like I'm pretty motivated, but I can't relate to these people. And probably you in a way, like I, I, I can't imagine running a 50 mile race. What is the deal with these people? Yeah, what's the deal? Well, I, you know, raced 15 Ironmans and a bunch of five or 50K trail runs and marathons. I don't know how I did that. <laughs> so the new me is like, oh, I don't know yeah. how I ever did that for so long. I was so driven, so competitive. And I don't realize that how I acted until now. Like I saw someone, uh, it recently I was in Kona and a friend from Bellevue was there. And she's like, what? You do this, do that? It's like, you never would do that before. Like, oh, who was I? Because <laughs> I it's a whole different person when you're so driven to get top of your age group in a race and you're sticking with this plan. You're so disciplined and you don't see, you know, I was just recording this in my podcast. So you don't really realize that all your friends are not athletic. They never see you and they only ask you to come visit if there's a race going on in town that weekend. <laughs> so you you start to made me eventually realize you're kind of obsessed about something. But what I find, what I've asked people when I had them on my show is I'm done podcasts on this. What's your why? What's your drive? And I find, what are you racing to or what are you racing from? And I've noticed a lot of people have get into endurance races and always doing events because they're, they're not, they don't want to deal with emotions. So there's, to me, it's a deeper level that you're not dealing with your why that you have childhood drama, or you have some bad relationship with your spouse, you don't want to deal with, you're trying to run from something. So I think a lot of people are, have addictive behaviors, you know, they switch from um, drugs and alcohol to sugar, to overeating, binging, to over-exercising. And so that's one category. A lot of people do race for it's because they, they're dealing with their addictive personality in a different realm. And then there's others that are loving the racing and then endorphin high you get and accomplishing something, they feel good about themselves. So they do something else and you always learn from a race, what to do different next time. But yeah. I think there's a lot of people have other things they're not focusing on that. They don't know what's motivating them. So it's kind of individual, but if there's some other things a little deeper that they could maybe dive into. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you get a play, you get a play on both sides. I mean, you can, you can get into the uh, serious one-on-one, -on -one, like, trauma back. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of directions you can go. And again, the reason I'm bringing it up is if you're listening, I mean, there's a, you can carve out an industry or a direction any way you want to go. And as you can see, Debbie has, um, the last person I'm just curious, another one of the speakers we had at our group was a guy named Ben Greenfield. Um, <laughs> and I know, you know, who Ben is, but like, I didn't know who Ben was. And then I started, you know, he, he's crazy. Like I listened to him and I'm like, I don't friggin' even understand what he's saying. And I know he's smart, but like guys like that and gals like that, that are, you know, biohack, whatever you want to say, like, that's just a level, like, I don't get it, but I want a little bit of that. I need a little bit of that, but I'm struggling. And I guess, is, do you have any advice to somebody like 52, that's a little heavy and, and uh, maybe a little, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get back into it and I'm struggling personally. Um, doing that. And I don't know, like, is that a common scenario of like, you see people and at my age and they're trying to capture something they used to have. I just can't seem to get past it. I don't know what it is. Well, when I work with people is, is kind of 
looking at a nutritional therapy assessment for one, see, okay, what's going on with your gut health and what are you eating? What's your time of eating? Cause that's going to impact mood. It'll impact motivation, how you start your day, how you end your day. So kind of looking at what are you doing now? And let's assess it and let's see what we can swap out food wise. Let's see what we can integrate into new habits and start one level, one level, one layer at a time. So you're not trying to do 20 things at once, like pick one thing, which is funny because I just, my previous call before you was with a client that I coach for Ben Greenfield. <laughs> so we just had a transformation challenge we're running and I have a coaching call with different participants. So uh, I do contract work with Ben, but he, we talk about, you know, the life, mind, body, spirit type of look that you have to, you know, find each person's goals. And what I was just talking to someone about is, you know, pick one thing to work on and master that. And then you can add in something else, but not just, I want to get healthy. That's like, what kind of goals? <laughs> I want to get more fit. Well, let's break that down. Okay. How are you going to get there? What do you want to do? What are you going to do this month, this week? Let's go to the day and figure out a schedule, even if it's your ideal week right now that you'll stick with for this month and that's reassess next month and figure out a plan. But you have to meet the client where they're at and figure out, okay, what what motivates you? What do you like to do? What do you what's your schedule this week and versus a weekend and figure out, you know, what are you eating? Can we you know, it's just figuring out where you need to focus attention to to get started. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, let's get into, I'm curious. So you've been at this for a while. Um, you had an idea probably before you're smart, but you knew what it would entail. You might have talked to people in the industry and, hey, what's it like? But what is something that good and bad that surprised you? Like if someone's considering following a, a pathway similar to what you've done, is there anything you learned that you didn't see coming good and bad? Like, oh man, listen, this is great, but you need to know, like people aren't loyal. Like you, you, you may think that everyone's going to yeah. come to you or whatever. Like yeah, what are exactly. the, I'd like to say on that topic. <laughs> yeah. Like tell me like, like not to scare people away, but yeah. be honest, like what don't you like about this career? Well, it's more when I opened my fitness studio, I thought I had this great idea. I was the first person at it. No one's going to have a circuit training type of studio and TRX was brand new and I was doing small group personal training. So it's more affordable and flexible schedule for people. So two, three people at once. And that was great when I opened and then other gyms started opening like Orange Theory and Soul Cycle and all these different studios. So I, I was the first studio in the area, but that quickly <laughs> changed two years afterwards. And so owning your own business, I don't know how people do it. I mean, I struggled. Everyone would come in and even to the end, I think people didn't realize that I was using all my financial savings I had to keep it afloat. I had to pay this rent that increased every single January. I had to have staff. I had to always get new people in the door because yeah, even though they they become your friends, they're not loyal. So you think everyone's going to follow you and stay there and everyone's going to bring their friends. You've, so you just think, you know, you're the best place ever and we're happy and we're clean and yeah. everyone's getting great workout. But yeah, I always had to re-innovate myself, you know, became a judicial therapist. I got the sauna, put it in the back room. I had acupuncture, I had massage. I was doing all these different health fairs and challenges. So I kept trying new stuff, but that was part of my adrenal exhaustion, air quotes, because 
different names for it, but it was constant stress of that on top of my racing all this year long and training 20 hours a week on elite triathlon team that added up and overfilled my beaker of stress that people don't know when you're owning your own business, especially a service business. I am with people all day training clients and teaching classes, but I still have the behind the scenes to do the accounting, you know, the recruiting marketing stuff, the social media and newsletters and all the financial stuff. That's another part-time job. So it seems great on the outside. Everyone thinks you're happy, but then over time I got to be, that was my stress. And that's why I always say when we moved to Norway, that I didn't know I wasn't unhappy until I got out of it. And I found happiness and I'm smiling and energetic every day now because I don't have that constant stress that I had until I closed October 1st, 2019. And I should have closed five years before that, but I just couldn't do it because it's, you know, you're, you're, um, what do you call it? It's just, you don't want to show that you've failed and Maybe you're, you're... it's embarrassing. Yeah, no, yeah. It, maybe your ego. I don't know. Ego. Um, yeah. I, I think it's really great that you're saying this because I, I've had a lot of guests that um, run companies and, and the companies like apparel business, for example, they've done everything from design to sewing to all this stuff that, and then they own and this, like the creative people, like I had a music composer, super creative, but he owns his own company. It's like, there's different skill sets. And I think what's really great about what you're saying and honest and vulnerable is you know, just because you love health and everything that comes with it and fitness and doesn't mean that you need to be the owner of the company. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, uh, letting someone else handle the P&L and the turning on the lights and cleaning and and let you come in and come out. So when you're thinking about a career, don't don't assume that, you know, you need to have a business and run a business. You might just be the person, you know, that works with the business, for example. So I love that. Is there anything? Okay, so there's a couple of things you know, that you, that are real, that you didn't like, is there anything that you love that you didn't see coming? Like, oh, wow, I had no idea this was part of this career. Well, I think now my, my new me is my job that's remote and I can be anywhere and coach people around the world. So Monday, for example, I schedule most of my weekly coaching calls Mondays that I had someone in Portugal and someone in the UK and then someone in the UK this morning that you can reach people around the world via podcasting. And that's so great. And then you can be anywhere, even though it's, I'm on a computer, <laughs> but that's been really cool. I just started to do a new business. I want to add on, but it's going to be in person. So learning how to, you know, have this nice flexible schedule and working where I want to each day. Now I'm starting metabolic testing next month that I will have to obviously do that in person and create a new marketing for this area that I'm newer to. So that's another challenge that I'm hopefully adding in a, a good way. <laughs> yeah, dress I love myself it. Out. <laughs> you know, I always ask about like things that are important to you in your career and it's different for everybody. Like for me, freedom is really important. Um, I don't want to be capped compensation wise. I, I want to have upside, uh, even though I'm hundred percent commission in your world. I just realized like you're, I, I have a, a friend who I'm going to interview as a dentist and he's really tied to, he has to be at that facility to do his job. 
and it kind of drives them crazy. Well, you were in this world and you were tied to your place in Bellevue. Mm -hmm. And now you are remote where you can help people all over the world. So I guess I would think freedom and the ability not to be locked into a geographical area is probably important. What are two or three non-negotiable things that you get out of being in the career you are? Like what's important to you? And if you didn't have it, you'd be gone. I think is flexibility, you know, having that freedom. I, I, I always thank COVID for what gave us ability to meet on Zoom, even though it's ideal in person, but it gave us new opportunities that I could be wherever. I went to Hawaii for two weeks and worked every day there. So it's that kind of thing that I don't want to be tied down to. Example, if I start this metabolic testing at the Bay Club, I don't want someone to tell me I have to have these hours and be there at a certain time. So now I'm kind of used to making my own schedule and say, okay, I, I still need to go to the gym and run and I'm not available till 8.30 a.m. to start work. Or, you know, these days I, I go to the beach and go trail running or whatever. So it's having that freedom and flexibility, as you said, is exactly kind of the new schedule. I'm so much happier, but then it's like, okay, is that going to last forever? Because <laughs> it's probably too good to be true. And I need to actually make money to pay for my lifestyle. So, you know, it's figuring out how to always reinvent yourself, but how to make an income and make a living and not be stressed out. Because when you run your own business, you have to always be searching, getting new clients and hoping more people sign up. So that's a, a negative because I'm on my own. But, you know, what can you do to get enough income in and do what you love to do, what makes you happy and yeah. get excited to do your job every day, but make mm. an income and to pay for everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to pay the bills. So, yeah. so we talked about freedom, like, um, I guess what else does it for you? Is it like meeting new people or is it meeting people that are similar to you? So you get to yeah. hang out with people in your sphere versus lazy people that like to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. Probably it's, it's finally when I figured out through different business coaching seminars, you learned is focus on like write out your story. That's okay. your client, you know, who, what happened to me. And so once I was clarifying what my purpose is and who my avatar client is, you write that out and you figure, oh, I'm helping driven, ambitious, high-performing individuals because that's how I was or sometimes am, get results from figuring out what you know to do. We're trying to help them who are struggling to do all the right things and not getting results. So when I got more specific and who do I want to serve, is more what kind of started things working. Then I got people reaching out going, okay, I heard your story. So it's being authentic, being vulnerable and sharing what happened to me. And then other people here, men and women, but lately I'm getting more females because now people are fasting too much. They're going too low carb. They're doing too much keto and they're not being metabolically flexible. So switching their meal plans, fasting, because they're hearing all this information but it's based on people that are metabolically damaged, not working out two, three times a day, being those, you know, athletic levels that people are that I work with. So it's like, okay, yeah, I did that too. I did OMAD without knowing I was doing OMAD. I was doing bulletproof coffee for six hours in the morning and then eating finally, but I was working out three times a day. And so that's what I'm getting 
yeah. excited to help people. And I, I get, I realized like the metabolic testing about this Pinoy metabolic testing to figure out people's breath analysis and fat and carbs and their heart zones. I realized I always get super excited and light up when I would talk about metabolic testing. And we used to do it at the Bellevue Club and my studio when the company got bought out. So I haven't been able to do it for 10 years. So now I finally invested in the equipment to start doing it again because it's portable and I can take it anywhere. So it's falling like what makes you excited? What do I like to do in, in serving those people that are people I can relate to, I guess is what you're asking. Like people that are, I get what they're talking about. Yeah. I mean, you found your tribe. Yeah. And it yeah. took a long time. <laughs> yeah. And it, it can, but I think it, maybe if you could rewind the clock and I mean, I guess life happens and, you know, you have to have experiences in life to kind of have wisdom to force you into a direction. But like what I try to do in this podcast, especially with a younger audience is, okay, listen, I understand you don't have 20, 30 years of experience in life trying to figure out what you want, but I do think there are signs. I think, you know, as a high school, as a college person, I mean, there are signs that are right there in front of you as far as what is it that lights me up? What am I really good at without mm-hmm. trying? Like, why do people, what kind of things do people come to me for advice on? Like, yeah. you know, and I think, I hope I want to see people that uh, start focusing on those as well and trying to align those innate skills and passions with what they do. Cause as you know, you spend a lot of time working and you, I hope you're enjoying the ride. Cause if you're not, mm-hmm. it's kind of sad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, life is short and you need to make each day the best day and figure out how you can thrive every day, not struggle to get through the day and wait for the next weekend. It's like, oh yeah, it's Thursday today and yay, Friday's tomorrow, but actually this week's been fun and I've, you know, enjoy what I do. But I was, like I said, my fitness studio for 10 years, I probably you know, the last five years, I was constantly stressed out, grumpy, irritated, emotional. I, I didn't realize that as much till I closed it, but I was just constantly stressed out and people come in the door. Oh, there's not many people here. I'm like, yeah, I know, <laughs> you know, I've and every other trainers would come in and train their clients and leave like, that just sucks. Why did they get it made? And I'm the one that has to pay $8,000 a month rent. And with all the overhead, I was paying you know, seven, $8,000. And they just have to pay me whatever rent, $2,000, $1,500. How's this even worked? Why do people own their own business? <laughs> it's just easier I, renting. I don't get it. I love it. Cause this is like a lot of people, like I came out of college thinking I wanted to be a CEO of a technology and I did technology. I couldn't stand it, but like, this is really good stuff. Like you, you know, just because you love going to the bar doesn't mean you should own a bar mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Um, I wasn't meant to own a business. I think I did well with my business, creating a community with yeah. my fitness studio. Like everyone's still friends and I'll go back to Bellevue and people will still meet. And they went to beer Friday and we do stuff Friday nights or uh, Wednesday nights and Friday nights. And they're all friends, but I was the one, you know, trainer Debbie. So that I'm not part of that circle. Cause you're just the trainer. We don't tell her these things. And then I was behind the scenes, but it's, you know, I think it's, yeah, you think you have this great idea, but maybe, like you said, maybe someone else should do the business part and I just run the programs because that's what I'm good at. Run the community events, run the health fairs and organize all that. I don't have to be paying the one running the 
the rent and inv- doing all the invoicing and all that yeah. stuff because I didn't like it and I wasn't good at it. Accounting. But you, <laughs> but you know the cool thing about it, and I'm just making sure we are. Uh, I want to. I know you've got a hard oh, yeah. stop. You are running a business. You've just mm-hmm. changed the rules. You've changed the whatever. It's not that you're tied to a physical location, paying you know eight thousand dollars a month being next to the wine store. I think that's where you were, right? <laughs> yeah, Pete's Wine Shop. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I remember going there and see, I, I was in your sauna and yeah, yeah. Uh, I get it. But but you now, if you are wanting to be a business owner, there's different ways to do it. You don't have to be mm-hmm. physically tied to a location. You can do it like Debbie, hanging mm-hmm. out in San Diego and doing it remote. And I love it. Yeah. Um, as we wind this down, oh, one thing I was thinking about, I'm curious, like, I, I, there's a lot of know-it-alls in anything, like, especially with, you know, anything. So do you encounter that much? Like, I'm thinking you have a niche audience of clientele that is like credible and they're coming to you for a reason, but is there a lot of, oh, I know that, Deb, you know, they think they know, but they don't know. And, and the reason I bring it up is my wife experienced that a lot with people who seem to think they knew more about health than she did or nutrition. Uh, Cause there's so many voices out there and there's so many informational sites. Is that a part of your world or do you just have such a defined group that, you know, it's not like that? I guess so. I, I try to, I get people that are struggling and, and broken trying to do all that stuff. So I think I get them after the fact that they realize, Oh, that does not work. You know, I don't need to do 50 grams of total carbs a day. I don't need to fast 18 hours every day. So I'm, I'm getting them when they're like, okay, this is not working. This whole fasting 511 plan and doing keto 50 grams a day. Yeah. That's not for you, the athlete and the female athlete and the aging athletes different. So I think they thought they know it all. Then I, they find me after they realize, okay, I thought I knew it all, but this is not working for me. So let me figure out what's going on. And that's why the lab testing, which costs a lot of money, but when people are able to run the labs, then you have evidence, like look at your microbiome, look at the parasites, look at H. pylori, look at this poor digestion. And then you're like, oh crap, I'm really messed up. There's other things going on. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm listening to my wife. (laughs) I mean, she talks about these stuff, you know, and it's not my zone of genius, my passion. I'm the kind of guy, like, I don't really want to know what minerals I need them. Just give them to me. I mean, just tell me what I need. Like, it's not my, I, you know, I have my interests and but, so my husband's the same way. Just tell me what to take. I don't want to study it. I mean, she could really poison me and I would never know. <laughs> but um, so um, going backwards, like I know that typical response to this question is, you know, I would have done it the same way because it led me to where I'm at. But mm-hmm. knowing what you know now, like, would you do life differently? Like, coming out of college or coming out of high school or in your twenties? I don't think so. I I just owning my own fitness studio. I think that's just how I am that I wanted to create this new thing that wasn't around. And I thought it, if you build it, they will come (laughs) type of philosophy, but not realizing I I'm not good at the financial part of things. And I think, you know, being able to not renew my lease those last five years would have been easier, but maybe I wouldn't have, I don't know. It is good question. If I, I was already getting into nutrition and health that whole time, but it just gave me time to prepare for my next journey, being more of a health and fitness coach and investigator for people. But that 
gave me the opportunity to learn more, but I think if I could have scratched those last five years off, <laughs> that would have been good. I just had too much pride. Pride's yeah. a word. Pride, right. I was looking for that. I think, I don't know, maybe I wasn't ready to, you know, the world wasn't ready to do online coaching back then. And I wasn't, I didn't really have any other options. So maybe did every, I would say everything happens for a reason and we grow and learn from that. And one door closes, another one opens. So I always have my affirmations, you know, positive attitude, positive energy, positive vibes, and just continue to think, okay, follow your path, find your, you know, what your purpose is. And you have this journey you're on and then a new road, a new journey begins and you just kind of have to trust the process. Are you a believer like in meditation and manifestation and all that? I, I don't really meditate very well, but I do, you know, we've been doing this little 15 minutes yoga stretching routine at night, focus on breathing. And um, when I go to bed, I have this manifestation journal. Some, I was doing gratitude journal and then someone for Christmas gave me this manifestation journal and I really liked it. And things I was manifesting was starting to happen a little bit more. I'm like, oh, and then I stopped and things stopped happening. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this must do something. So I do have a journal has, you know, manifest your thing for the day, what you're trying to work on and then affirmations and gratitude, then just kind of a, a calendar schedule. So I'll put kind of what I did for myself, self-care things over on that one column. Awesome. Um, so someone's listening right now and they're like all in they're bought in. What's your advice? I mean, you have life experience of meeting people that you're credible. They know you, they've seen you in action. They want some of what you have. What about someone that's kind of entering this whole world at a young age with no credibility? Like what's like, do they go work for a club like Bellevue club? Do they, I mean, what go work for orange theory? I mean, I would assume starting your own private practice out of high school or college would be difficult. What's your advice? I would think what, Starting, if you want to go into exercise science and be a personal trainer, if that's what you'd like to do. Me, I can't go back to do that. I just did it for so long. So I'd rather do what I'm doing now, kind of comprehensive coaching. But I don't think I could have started that way because all this stuff I've learned for the past, what, 25, 30 years is what I do now. So I think you have to start in a health club or in, in the fitness industry if that's what you want to do. It's hard to, you know, if you want more nutrition, maybe getting into a naturopathic office or someone that's more in the holistic health, functional medicine and work in that environment and get involved going to conferences, I think helps to see what's out there. Like there's just keto con, but just more health building conference now. And there's the biohacker world. And so there's different conferences. It gives you kind of, you can maybe listen to different seminars, find out, oh, that, that really draws me in. That's exciting to me and find out what you love and maybe go to those conferences and then just being in the different environments. Even like in college, we had to do these, not internships, but um, go somewhere for the day, observe everything and just kind of shadow people. I think it's just finding what really makes you excited is helpful. You went to Newport and then where'd you go after that? Western Washington University, Bellingham. Yeah, for sure. My buddy who I referenced earlier, Nubel, went there, John Nubel. Uh, yes. great, great school. So last question. Um, okay, so God comes down and says, Debbie, no more coaching, no more personal training, nothing any 
is there a dream job? Um, you know, like, I'm just curious, is there something that and maybe your response is I'm doing it, but it, it, let's just say you can't do what you're doing now. Is there something you would love to do? Mm, well, I, I think I am doing it now. I just need to make more money, <laughs> but I love to do, um, and be able to, you know, enjoy life here. It's just so much stuff to do outside that you just like, Oh, that retirement life, being play, play outside all the time. But I think do what I, I don't know. I think this is what I love doing because every case is so fascinating when I, you know, working on people's exercise schedules and nutrition and matching it together with their functional lab test and diving in deep to, okay, why is this happening? It's a total challenge. And it's like I said, it's always new, What okay, they have this going on. This is related to this and that. And so that's, yeah, I think I, I'm doing it, but it's just if someone would refer me clients every month, I don't like marketing part and I don't like social media and I don't do all the stuff I'm supposed to do to build your business. So I think if someone just like contracts me out, that's easier. It's less stress for me. Like I was working for Ben and we get paid a commission and that's easier to me, but my clientele is just coming from my podcast. And if I just didn't have to think about what the marketing stuff, I don't like <laughs> doing all that social media yeah. Having to post and having to engage and all that, I think is awful. I don't like that stuff either. I have guys and gals in my industry that are always in front of people and it's hard. It's just not natural for me. I mean, but you sometimes going to have to be out there. And mm -hmm. I think for me, this podcast is natural and genuine and authentic. Mm -hmm. But um, anyways, I really appreciate it. Is there anything that I didn't ask you um, that you think is important for the audience to know about before we end? I think we covered a lot. I think it's just really finding your purpose is I've learned a lot is, you know, what's, what's your purpose and create a mission from that and find out what drives you, what makes you happy, what makes you excited and brings you joy and figuring out how to make a career out of that somehow is ideal, but something that is a job that you love is, is hard. But if you can do that, or even if you have a job you don't love, then do something on the side that, you know, gets you excited. To yeah. Do. And you, I mean, your husband and you are very similar, right? I mean, you share a lot of these same interests. Yeah. Well, it's funny. He started working for Laird Superfoods. So he's yeah. in the food industry. And so he's working for Laird's, which is a company with Laird Hamilton, Gabby Reese are behind it. So we always thought it'd be such a great match because he's in natural specialty food line and someone that lives that lifestyle. They, you, you know, the, they, I don't know if you watch his videos, but Laird Hamilton, they do these underwater crazy free weight squat presses in deep water and all the cold plunge and sauna. But yeah, it's, it's just finding, you know, someone that your lifestyle matches. Yeah. I think, yeah, you hang with an impressive crew. I mean, Ben uh, Laird, I mean, <laughs> those guys and their wives, I'm sure are very impressive. So anyways, Debbie, you, you're really nice to come on. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time. I, you're the first person in your space that I've had. And I, I think, I think people that watch this are going to really, really benefit. So I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Great. Thanks for doing what you're doing. I think it's important for people to listen and learn and figure this out at any age. Cause it, I have a friend that's late fifties and she's trying to, I'm helping her figure out her, 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 why her passion. She's divorced. You know, it's always been a mom and kids older. She's you know, trying to figure out her purpose and it's never too late. So it's not just the college age, but it could happen middle age too. Well, I'm 52. So I'm hoping 
Yeah. I'm 53 next week. So I hope it happens to me sooner than later. <laughs> you got a journal. You got to come, you got to get out, come down to North San Diego and, and just kind of disconnect from everything so you can find it reflect. I, I love it down there. It's a beautiful <laughs> spot. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, you're welcome. Have a great day. You too. All right.